Welcome to The Bludgeoning for another week. My name is Jonas Martin, here with Jason Forrester. We got a really exciting uh, episode this week. I'm pretty pumped about yeah, it. Yeah, it finally happened. Finally happened. We finally got Ivar, one of the guys from Enslaved. Yeah, through a, um, lo- a long, arduous struggle to get Ivar Bjornsson on, or Grudel, whoever. Someone, we uh, I've made a mission to get someone from Enslaved. They're one of our, both of our favorite bands. So. Yeah. It's one been of the, an effort. One of the most influential band metal band in the metal scene anyways. Yeah. It's been so. a band, a long-suffering. Well, this is our fifth episode. It's about as long-suffering as you can get for a fifth episode, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. No, it, it was great. It was a great interview. Uh, it's super cold and brutal in Canada. And in Norway, it's like a Disney a, movie. A, a beautiful... Unless it's like <laughs> a snowy, like... And he's just like cool, just walking through like yeah. a snowy... There's like birds chirping. And yeah, it's a very, uh, very uh, beautiful, um, serene listening to him talk. Yeah. And he's going to a beer festival. I wish I was doing all that. Speaking yeah. of birds chirping, did you watch any of the Masters? Did you watch golf at all? No, I watched Colin Coward shit all over it, though. What, what, why did he shit all over the Masters? Because he's like, he's like, I'll tell you what. He's like, there hasn't been a golf star as prevalent as Tiger Woods. He's still the biggest star. And he's like, if Tiger Woods doesn't place, I will not have a segment of the Masters on my show. Who gives a fuck? I'm just saying. I know. That's what I saw of the Masters anyways. I'm not a big golf watcher. What an asshole. I think Rory I'll and, watch Rory and Justin won Spieth the majors, but that's fun. that's it. Just watching the Masters is just so calm and relaxing and Who serene. won? I didn't even Patrick Reed. I don't even know who His that first is. major. And I think it's his first tournament win, actually, on the tour. That's but it, crazy. It was just so exciting. I would love just... to play Augusta. Dude, that park is fucking gorgeous, man. That course is incredible. I would play that. Oh, I would love to play that. Yeah. I suck at golf. Me too. But I feel like I would be amazing. I just I, would, I wouldn't mind just carrying the bags for somebody and just yeah. hang out and drink some beers. That sounds yeah, good to me. Some of those holes are fucking beautiful, man. There's like... It's like, oh, the one dude hit a, I don't remember who it was, but hit a hole in one on a par three on like 13, I think. Anyway, this pretty, is just the intro. But anyway, so what I wanted to say about, about it, you talk about the birds and stuff like that. Yeah. At the Masters. So last, you can hear the birds chirping all the time right? Yeah. on the show. So last year or the year before, some ornithology expert was watching the Masters. I think ornithology is birds, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, some ornithology expert was watching the Masters and was like, that's a northwest chickadee or whatever. Mm-hmm. That kind of bird isn't in rural. They're adding the rural sound. Georgia. So this guy, this like bird expert, did all this like they broke the sound down and they're adding the, the bird. Yeah. So this guy. Oh man. So this so guy, funny. this bird expert, did all this uh, studies of these of the bird noises and wrote this huge article and was like, "This is bullshit." The masters pipes in the bird sounds, and uh, the masters had to CBS. I had to like issue an apology about oh, it. Oh man, this was like two years ago, and like so this year I was listening to it, and there's tons of bird sounds. And I'm like, these got to be real. There's no way they're doing it again. They're still fake. I don't know. They got to be. It just sounds so beautiful and serene. But they had to issue this like apology, and now they're probably just like, nobody fuck up. It's rule Georgia birds only. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if Ivar piped in the bird sounds. Just made it fake. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do those. <laughs> He's got like a little synth of like a of like a forest and like bird sounds. And stuff. It's brutal. He's just like hitting other birds. Yeah. So funny. Ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> Anyways, All after right. the interview, we got into a bunch of banter, just like we just did. A bunch of bullshit and stretching it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, we didn't really plan this. The end. We just wanted to get the interview in, and we did. So, yeah, we'll just throw to the interview with Ivar. Yeah, enjoy. Do that. All right, so this is the Bludgeoning Podcast. Uh, my name is Jason. And Jonas here, and we're here with uh, Ivar Bjornsson from Enslaved and from solo stuff and all sorts of different black metal stuff over the years. So how's it going today, Ivar? So good. <clears throat> yeah? I'm, uh, on my way after this, I'm going to go visit a brewery, a local brewery. So that's going to be exciting. So I think it's a, it's a good day. Oh, that is exciting. How's that? How's Norway? What's the big beer in Norway right now? What's the trend? I, I guess it's the same um, as uh, in the U.S. Uh, you know, the IPAs is really big. Yeah. Uh, sour. Yeah, sours sour are big really here in Canada beer. too. Uh, yeah, exactly. We, we that was the great thing when we just toured uh, America and Canada. It was just. Uh, amazing how easy it was to find like super good beer everywhere yeah the, i don't know is there, is there is there a big microbrew culture in norway like there is here yes it is and this it's uh it's it's been there all along it's not been in the pop culture for too long it's just recently but it's been there all along because it's, it's really a part of uh of the history over here it actually like, a fun fact is one of the few traditions that uh was kept from heathen times into christian times is there was laws that said that you had to brew your own beer uh, at a certain frequency. So certain like uh, <clears throat> like holidays, and you, they would actually go around to the farms and inspect and make sure you, you had brewed huh. beer. And if you didn't brew your beer, you would be punished severely. And they even kept that huh. many hundred years into Christ, Christian times too. So the Christians didn't fuck everything up. <laughs> That's probably the one thing they managed to not fuck <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I wanted to talk about um, the new solo album that you're putting out with uh, Einar Selvik, the Hugsia album. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that project? I just listened to the song. Uh, I don't know when it dropped. Uh, within the last few weeks, right? The new song? Yeah. It's it's amazing. Absolutely. I got to tell you. And uh, just tell us a little bit about that project because it sounds really exciting. Yeah, it started out in uh, already back in 2013. We were approached by this, uh, <clears throat> these people who were uh, uh, in charge of, you know, Norway. We, we celebrated our 200th anniversary for our constitution when we were finally separated from Denmark back in 1814. In 1414 to 1814, we were under Danish reign. Uh, and they wanted to celebrate this obviously you know if you ever met anybody from denmark you'd understand why we were celebrating so hard (laughs) well we were just talking to airy from tier (laughs) there you go they're not too fond of danish people either i guess no (laughs) so um yeah so they had this thing where they wanted to put uh an extra focus on the freedom of speech and and they wanted to go find arts that were sort of opposing uh, some of the some of the, I would say, uh, the, the thing that everybody agrees on you know, in society. So they went to, to black metal and they asked me and I not if we could uh, 
write the piece together and and sort of you know they wanted to give us a voice to criticize whatever we wanted to criticize about history and, and constitution and so on right and then we had a lot of we had a lot to say so we wrote the piece there there was the one called skugshaw yeah that was the starting point uh, and and then when that was finished we were sort of we really felt that you know we we'd done a bunch of shows an album we wanted to continue we felt that we had more to tell and and lo and behold this this other this festival bergen international festival which is a more of a uh, <clears throat> art festival they asked if we could do like a follow-up uh, and but speak more about the history of norway itself like go even further back and uh, which happened to to originate around um the west coast where we live we right. thought that was really exciting. Uh, we got together with some uh, historians and, and actually traveled around for for a bit and met some old folks in these small communities around the coast. Picked up some stories, read some books, and, and then we wrote this piece, Hugshaw, which is about uh, how Norway was uh, was populated. It's the history goes even further back. You know, I guess people like to associate it with with the Viking, the Viking Age, but that's a very narrow time that's around year 700 up till year 1050 but with all this stuff started i guess 10,000 years before zero with with these people in their little boats coming from central europe and but also from the north that's a less told story that we found really interesting the people right. were coming from from asia and, and what we know to be russian areas today and they all met out there on the norwegian coastline and uh, did a bunch of uh, did a bunch of uh, <clears throat> of stuff, including brewing beer. And, uh, <laughs> and so you and Einar are playing a bunch of shows in all these little coastal towns for the album release, right? Did I did I read that right? Yeah, correct. That's what we're doing. We're going around. We did it some some places last year, like a concert, which is quite in the vein of the album. Uh, you know, with with. Uh, drums and some uh, electric guitars and stuff and this year we're doing uh, versions some versions from the album some enslaved stuff some Baldwin stuff but like in a total acoustic setting no right. no electrical instruments at all uh, Skugzia is has like it's folky but it has a lot more of the kind of metal influence is this new one going to be just like straight up folk because I know the Hugsja song is very folky compared to Skugzia is that kind of the trend you're going for this one? Yeah, it's it's more folky. Uh, when, you know, when when it the, the stuff that really that the packs the most punch, I guess, is then we're speaking maybe some more Led Zeppelin kind of vibe, uh, a bit of yeah, more seventies sort of folk rock prog. I guess that's that's the that, that's like the harder parts of the album. But I I, I think this. There's, there's not a lot of metal. I, I, I don't think there's any metal on the, on the album at all. Well, it's nice to kind of get I, away I, from that a little bit, eh? I, I really, you know, it's 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 a bit for me. It's it's more about like the the sounds because it's the instruments that's being used. You know, I play a lot of on acoustic guitars and, and twelve strings and that kind of stuff. No, um, and no. there's no no real no distortion. Like the only distortion is from re- playing the acoustic guitar like really really hard, right. but. Uh, but I would say the spirit is a lot the same. Uh, I guess there's a reason for metal being there's a lot of crossover between the two because it's metal is so influenced by folk, so, right? In yeah. tone and stuff like that. Now, speaking to folk metal and how how uh, 
this folk project of yours is, is pure folk. Is is any of this going to bleed over when you kind of return to writing for Enslaved? Yeah, it's it's an in, it's inevitable, and it's done that before. I know just the Scoopshow album was uh, that was done between, um, <clears throat> or yeah, just just uh, around the time of, of writing in times, and I guess the Scoopshow and Hookshow projects have have leaked into the last album E. So I guess yeah, it's going to continue like that. If that's what happens. I, I guess all the projects that we do outside of enslaved is there's sort of some kind of enslaved watermark on them in them and and i guess it's the other way around i'm not i don't think that's uh it's not something that i try to avoid to be honest it's just uh it's just natural would it be something that you tried to incorporate actually into enslaved to kind of like it keeps things fresh right it keeps like like new insights onto music right so your so your music is always changing and, and kind of getting out of your comfort zone would you say that uh, doing these folk albums really, really helps kind of push Enslaved to change? Absolutely. I think it's a positive change, you know, and, and I come back into Enslaved with, with my influences and then the guys are, they're also aware of, you know, me coming back there with uh, all starry-eyed with these new ideas. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes they'll they'll give me sort of a nudge like, this this might, you know, sounds, sounds good and everything, but this sounds more like the last project we were doing. And, and I'll be like, okay, thanks. Well, uh, you I'll take that to, to heart. You and, and uh, yeah, you and Grul have been writing music together since you were thirteen years old. Is that a is so? You guys must have a very good rapport when it comes to ideas and stuff like that, right? Or is there still kind of do you still kind of argue about what you should want in music or whatever? No, it's 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 really uh, it's really uh, it's really solid and good, and because it's I, I have one hundred percent faith in. In, in his motivations for, you know, for you know when he has feedback, I write, I write all the music, uh, but I do, I really we write the lyrics together, and I see, I kind of you know, we worked a little bit before that actually before Enslaved too, so it's like thirty years now where wow. we've been doing these things together. So I know from his reactions if it's something that engages him or if he's sort of more of a meh guy, you know, he's we jokingly introduce him on stage as the master of diplomatic failures <laughs> because, uh, he doesn't really he, he doesn't spend unnecessary energy on, on sort of sugarcoating things and I think that's that's, that's really a good thing um, uh, and I never suspect him of having any other motives than wanting Enslaved to be as good as, as possible right. well he really so sells it live like his live performance is unbelievable Oh, yeah, thanks. We just saw you in, so, we were just at your show in Toronto. Um, oh, awesome. And uh, we tried to do this in person, but, you know, things happen. And um, <laughs> and uh, that show was incredible. You're, you guys killed it. And we were talking about this. We've seen a lot of black metal acts and stuff like that over the last, you know, many years. And you guys, every time you play, you don't try and do all these theatrics and over the top stuff you just come out there and you just kick ass for an hour and i think it makes the show better is that something you guys do on purpose or is this is you guys just are just five dudes that want to just play rock music and kick ass i guess that's that's the basic thing yeah that, that's what we want to take we have one attitude to the music and and uh, when we're recording it then we try to get it you know ex- as expressive as possible, but we do have some uh, philosophies on 
how the songs are written and how they're recorded. And I guess that's that's what translates into the live performance. We try to record the band as we would sound live in a sense. Right. So at the end of at the end of the day, the live performance is actually uh, the blueprint. You know, a good concert is the blueprint for everything. It, it's uh, just that's where so- the band comes comes from. It's right. a live band that's all, also recording. It's just so refreshing to see a a black metal band or metal band, whatever you want to call it, that just comes out and just just plays an awesome rock show and there's no pretension behind it. There's just, you guys are just there with the fans. You interact with the fans. So many, so many bands we've seen recently, they stand there, they don't move around. They don't talk. They just are, it's just so pretentious, the black metal world these days. And it's, it's very refreshing. I think there's a lot of, uh, uh, <clears throat> to me, it seems to be a lot of uh, meta sort of stuff going on in the live setting. And, and for me, that's the wrong setting. Uh, to, to be analyzing and, and, and trying to prove a point. It's, 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 it's about, yeah, as you said, the interaction with the fans. When you see, when I go on stage, whether, if, whether it's the, there's 20 people or, or 20,000 at Wacken or whatever, um, when you just see someone that's, that's really reacting to the music, it's, it's just impossible not to react yourself. In a sense. I don't want to have anything between that. I don't want to, I don't want to think, you know, th- th- there's no need for any, you know, verbalization or, or inner dialogue, you know, dialogue or whatever. Right. There. You don't have to, to think about it. It's, it's, it's easy. It's just, you know, it's people re- reacting to, to music. And uh, I guess that's what makes it fresh. And you've been doing it for a very yeah. long time. What was yeah. it What was it like to be 13 years old when um, Viking Lear came out and, and you're in the black metal world in Norway and there's, there's all this violence, it's in the news, all this stuff, and you're so young. What was that world like for young Ivar Bornsen? <laughs> it was, um, you know, that, that was crazy with the stuff going on, because I, I guess we, did, it was a very small scene, and we met a bunch of the guys and all that, uh, when things started to happen. But, but um, luckily, I guess, the focus was so, it was so uh, hard-headedly focused on, on the music. And we kept going as people went to court or went on television or whatever. We were still going to the rehearsal room uh, at our fixed days, at the fixed hours, and just rehearsing. And I was writing my songs at home and all that stuff. Uh, so it didn't really affect us that much. Of course, it felt, you know, when, when people got killed and all that stuff, you felt a bit of... Uh, it felt uh, insecure, of course. And, uh, and I, I remember meeting some people who were you know suspected of, of things in the days before they they got actually arrested and we knew that people had done these things and you met the people and, and you sort of thought these are very dangerous <clears throat> dangerous individuals and all that stuff and so but that was just really minor i think it would be a lot worse if we if our main thing was being part of that you know inner circle whatever you want to call it if that was the ambition yeah uh, that would have been pretty bad i think for a for a 13 year old but we were a bunch of these were a very small minority of the scene uh, the majority was still really preoccupied by developing this new sound and, and bringing the scene forward well you guys and immortal and all those lots of bands that don't get lumped in with that stuff exactly yeah now obviously when it when this was all happening you, you started to like distance yourself from that but 
but since then you know some of those bands have kind of emerged as as still being players on the metal scene like mayhem and Hmm. more recently like carpathian forest coming back uh have you stayed connected to to them now as opposed to the people who are actually part of like the problem like the people who have emerged and actually are still making music yeah, I guess we were mostly in touch with the people who uh, who kept going, in a sense. Because that's the people we've been meeting on tours and, and the summer festivals and all that stuff. Um, and some people, you, you meet them, you haven't met them for a long while. I know it was uh, when Isan started doing his uh, solo stuff, that was very nice. Because that was the guy that we were really hanging out with a lot back in the days. Really, really nice guy. He's a genius, too. So we've met. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Yeah. Very, but he's he's also pro- probably the nicest guy in the, in the scene. Like when it comes to being a, a stand-up, polite guy. Do you and him? Yeah. You and him seem to have a lot of similarities when it comes to uh, composing. And do do you talk about that kind of stuff a lot when you meet? Yeah, that's that's sort of what we when we meet. It's, it's you know, of course, you, you check up on like the family situation, but and then you, you know. That's like, that's like ten seconds. Just right. make sure, okay? So your kids are your kids are alive. <laughs> and then you start t- talking about uh, like how you because he's he's a studio guy, so that's interesting to know like who who, who recorded with him this time and you know uh, what was the setup and all that stuff. So yeah, we try to keep uh, keep updated. Now this wouldn't be a, a bludgeoning episode if we talked to a Norwegian black metal person and we didn't ask. Do you have any contact with Varg? Oh no, no. I think we we, we knew the guy, and and I guess uh, before, I guess before before the whole Varg uh, pers- persona became that the infamous. But the the moment politics entered the picture, that's when we sort of. I think it was very mutual. I think also for for a person like him. When he when he committed himself in his life uh, to to uh, politics mm-hmm. in that serious sense, I guess that's you don't want to hang around goofballs like enslaved uh, anymore either. So. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, he, entirely mutual. He's mutual an he's population. an insane person. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, were you were you close to him when he was writing music at all, or? Or did you just kind of come in when all the craziness started happening? No, we weren't uh, close, but he was, you know, he was uh, part of Old Funeral, uh, the Death Flash <clears throat> band that preceded. Uh, some of the guys went on to, to do Immortal and, and so on. Um, and, and we were also playing in a death metal band uh, a few hours south of, of where they're living. So those were like our closest uh, friends in, in the death metal scene before the like the black metal thing and then we were, had some contact when he started bursum and uh, you know obviously he was doing something quite revolutionary with, with bursum the first few albums uh, so yeah he was a guy that we were aware of uh, and everything but uh, it's it's you, you it becomes evident very 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 fast you know when somebody goes into politics i guess they that they don't want to hang around they're all friends that uh, that's not interested and in, I guess uh, us being sort of the old hangarounds we right, sort of right. also lose lose interest when people for us and you're just the music was people. like the main, main focus <laughs> and, and we we thought so then and we think so now that it's nothing more destructive for for genuine art and music than, than, than extreme politics and, and religion you know whether if it's 
Oh yeah. If it's left, right, Christian or whatever, it doesn't matter. But the moment people become single-minded, you know, there's a lot of things that that gets lost. Um, you write a lot about um, spirituality and um, nature and Nordic spirituality. Is this an active part? Is this ethos an actual an active participant in your life, or is just something that you use as a writing tool? Yeah, it's it's definitely a part of the life. It's uh, it's inseparable, in a sense. And but of course, some some parts um, that you write about uh, is is sometimes a continuation of, of thoughts you have. You know, it might be might be a step further than, than your personal life, in a sense. Some some of it could even be a uh, sort of a way of of having a discussion with yourself, sort of outside of yourself. You can do it, use your lyrics and all that. Uh, so, like everybody else, I guess you, you base your your uh, lyrics and music on on yourself, but it's not it's not one to one to one, you know, the relationship always. And the same way as there's things in my life that I don't find interesting enough to put into the music and so on. So yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a, a part of who we are, but. Uh, I don't. I, w- I wouldn't say that uh, uh, the, the music is an exact like representation of personality. Right. Um, it's more and less. To, you're not going out and and praying in the trees with <laughs> gall, with gall, right? <laughs> yeah, we might do that. <laughs> <laughs> because he's an actual shaman, right? I think so. Yes. Did you work with him at all with Ward Donna? You know, we, uh, he used to be part of the Skug Show, the first constellation. So we worked a little bit with him, yes. Right. Um, so you you uh, produce and mix all your own shit, all your own music, right? Yeah. Is that part we, of we a do, DIY like, ethic from early black metal stuff, or is that just a way to control your own music? I think it's 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 there from the old days. Yeah, that we done. When we came to the point where we met someone that we felt could come in and produce with us, we'd already done like what 10, 11 albums, pretty much ourselves. So it's it's I guess some of it's it's habit, and some of it is also knowing now quite well. Uh, not only having like the ideas and uh, but also having a lot of the people in the band we've worked with studio equipment ourselves and have have some insight. So. We're quite comfortable now involving other people into the production, but we, we really want to be part of it. It's, uh, I think it's something that we, I personally, I, I think it would be very exciting to work with like, more of a traditional producer in the future, but uh, I'm not sure that we're arrived there quite yet. We haven't <laughs> now, met the, the right person. Now, would it be the workload that's influencing that decision, or is it just you, you just want to try something new? No, no, it's 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 exactly that. It's about something new. I, I we just seen throughout the career that doing like stuff that seems crazy and, and and new at the time always ends up in in a good way for some some reason. You know, we we have this belief that changing things is always a good thing. But if it's gonna happen on the next one or on album forty seven, I don't know. <laughs> After forty years as a band, you'll do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, do it's you have thing with? do and then we just die die halfway through the process <laughs> with all your touring and recording do you have any formal like education in norwegian history or is it just a um 
or is it just a hobby? Because you seem to be like a, a a pretty renowned person in the in that scene, right? Yeah, it's uh, not not like uh, I'm not on the level with, uh, for instance, Einar uh, of Vadruna, who is more or less, you know, he's he's not studied either, but he's he's hanging out with these professor dudes and, and are pretty much accepted as part of the academic scene also. So I do. I, I like to say that I'm very interested in the subject. I do read up on it on a personal level, but I'm also quite good at asking people who really know stuff about it. Uh, so I have Grutlein Enslaved, and then I have Einar that I work with a lot. And those two guys have a have an enormous academic knowledge of, of both history, especially Grutlein with history and Einar with his knowledge about uh, uh, religious traditions and, and the runes and, and uh, sort of the esoteric side of, of, of that. And whenever we hang out, if we're driving to a concert or if we have uh, two hours in the backstage before soundcheck or something, I'll make sure to, you know, to ask and get like the, la- the latest from, from the academic scene. So when you're, when you're so, writing uh, albums um, and you're, are you trying to keep like a, th- uh, like a theme throughout the album? And if you're doing that, are you, are you approaching like professors or historians or researchers to kind of keep it cohesive? Yeah, I, it, I. When we get to the point that we start writing on the album, I guess that's when we're already arrived at having enough sort of feeling that there's enough material around it. But sure, yeah, if, if there's particular parts that I feel uh, that I want to include something, uh, a particular story or something that would bridge together something, I, I have no shame in, in making a phone call or writing an email or, or you know tricking somebody into think they think they're going to have a cup of coffee, but they're really actually <laughs> just giving away history. Like, <laughs> is that something you're interested in? Maybe down the line when you, when you uh, get some free time to, to kind of pursue an education? Absolutely. I, I did start, I managed to squeeze in like six months of, of studying Norwegian history before uh, we started touring uh, too extensively to, to, to do anything sensible in, in university. So absolutely. Something that I know that both me and Grutlas has sort of like the backup plan. Uh, <laughs> right. It's a, it's a good thing we stayed away from drugs. I guess our br- brains might actually be able to, to read books after we finish <laughs> playing in the band. Too. When you're in your 60s, you can get your education, right? After 50 years exactly. of, of enslaved. <laughs> exactly well thanks a lot for doing this Ivar it was a very uh, fun conversation I'm glad we finally got to do this I agree awesome we'll see we'll chat we'll chat another time have a good one oh and the and the and the album comes out uh, April 20th right exactly alright check it out thanks man have a good night enjoy the beer yeah you too bye bye I will cheers bye All right. No end the call here. Oh, we're still in. <laughs> I don't know how to end it. There we go. We heard a little bit more of Ivar, of Ivar walking through the woods. You know what's crazy? Yeah, I heard birds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. We're listening to uh, the sounds of birds. It Bergen. seemed like super serene. I was. I'm just kind of jealous because it's like cold, cold and brutal here, and. Uh, and like it seemed like it was a super nice day over there. Yeah, it's like cold and brutal here in <laughs> southern Ontario. And then in Norway, it's, it's like, like nice. serene and there's birds chirping and he's on his way to a beer festival and we're just like living in this basement in 
shitty southern Ontario. I want to be in Bergen. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that. He's just so engaging. Oh, yeah. He just loves to talk about his music, man. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Um, finally happened. Yeah. That was like six months in the making. Yeah. I'm glad that finally got to happen because that was totally worth it. We didn't even ask about the tour, but it doesn't even matter. No. I know. I, I, of all of my questions I had written down, I, ant- I asked two of them. Yeah, but also, I, these questions were all for Grudel, which I studied for. Yeah. I Yeah, see, what I wrote down was kind of basic, but I lost the book, so... Yeah, I'm glad, though, because we were just able to improvise, Ben. He was a good guy, man. That yeah, was, nobody hijacked that. It was it was good. Yeah, he was really... Uh, yeah, there wasn't, like... Is that... That's the closest we've we've gotten to that early black metal scene, eh? Yeah, guy talking to a guy who straight up knew, there. knew Varg, and yeah, I'd give that interview ten Vargs. Out of ten eight. Vargs out of ten. Ten Vargs. Oh yeah, yeah. That was Are great. we rating interviews now? No, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor, poor. Like some band comes on, it's like one Varg. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we interview Varg, that's no, eleven Vargs. Out yeah. Of I just like putting his heads across on the album reviews. It's super funny, I think. Yeah, I saw that. Man, I almost died on the way here twice. No way. Yeah, and driving. Falling asleep. No, 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 not falling asleep, just assholes. I was driving on the 401, which is the main highway here in Southern Ontario. I was going 140 in the fast lane. Why? And there was a dude tailing the hell out of me. And I'm going 140, and he's right on my ass, and he's driving a shitty little Nissan Altima, and like darts out around me, darts out, darts out in front of me, and I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" Hey, you don't know his story. Yeah, maybe he's maybe his wife's having a baby right now. Yeah, you could be. That. You don't know that, but he did look pretty chill. Stop for judging that guy. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, guy. You almost killed me. Like, <laughs> when to do that great interview with Ivar? No. Yeah. So I was super worried about it just like not happening that interview right? yeah. yeah yeah and then when just i said every time we go to do it something, something happens. happens there was yeah. an ice storm the one time and yeah you know a funeral and it was just it oh yeah was there was a funeral too it's just every time we tried to get an interview with him shit went bad i'm glad we finally got to do it yeah and it jumped like it jumped between us doing the interview with ivar or grudel yeah back and forth back and forth it would have been cool to have them both, but when you get down to that, like those double interviews on the phone with two of us and two of them, it, yeah, it'd be gets, brutal. It's hard enough sometimes. You step on people's feet. Like, yeah. I, I find like that we, we got to signal each other, like because like <laughs> there step, was a we step on our own toes. There was a perfect point where I was going to ask a question that you ended up asking, which was, "Are you? Do you have a formal education?" But there was like a perfect point where I was going to say it, and then you were just like right in there. I'm like, I was like, fuck oh, you, Jason. Well, <laughs> you go sit in the corner. I'll wait for another opportunity. And then you stole it. I'm sorry. Anyways. Made you look like a fool. No. A damn fool. I was a little more quiet in the beginning, but I I started remembering. <laughs> started remembering your questions. My questions. Yeah. You no, know, it's super nerve-wracking. People, like, watch our Bodum interview, and we're talking to, like, Alexi Leo or Ivar or, or Harry from Tier. Guys that we've been listening to for fucking almost 15 20 years and we're still pretty new to this like and we've got honestly i'm shocked at how how influential the bands are that we're getting yeah and it's nerve-wracking so it's a lot of fun though i'm having a great time doing it yeah no me too and i'm super happy that we've 
we've got mm-hmm. to talk to some of the biggest bands in metal, man. Oh yeah, and there's more coming. I'm having so much fun with the podcast now. Yeah. Like, not that I didn't have fun earlier, but it was so much more broad and harder to find like a, an audience. And I find like I know like some listeners may have not been stoked about the change to direct metal, but it, it when we're doing direct metal, it gives us a better you know narrow focus to, yeah to just like okay we're doing this we're doing this we're doing that it doesn't mean necessarily that we Even, always have to talk about fucking yeah. metal all the time like we're not like yeah no like, we don't even with like when we were doing the other stuff i found we we talked about a lot of the same the same stuff every episode it was just kind of rehashing it's the same ideas over and over because we didn't know we didn't have like a a direction whereas now we have a we have a simple direction go Get bands, talk about black metal. <laughs> so, well, that's what I want to do in like my life. Is my just, life is yeah. just talk about black metal. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, and he did. I was kind of nervous about like using the word black metal to him because you know I know he doesn't like calling enslaved black metal. Yeah, but they've morphed. They like morph like almost every album. They change. Mm-hmm. So you can't like nail down a specific genre for them. I think they're the most like innovative band in metal. One of them, anyway. Yeah, for sure. They never get stale either. Never. A lot of a lot of bands they either change and then they kind of like people are like, oh, why are you just doing the same thing over and over? Or they change and they're like, why didn't you do the same thing? Yeah. But with Enslaved, it's like every new album is refreshing and new. Yeah. So and like and and uh, the the pretentious metal world is so obnoxious, man. And I'm glad he kind of agreed a little bit i think but um like maybe some subtle jabs at wolves in the throne room yeah <laughs> hey, no knock on wolves of the, uh, in the throne room as a band they're supremely talented and the, the stuff on the album was good the, the album is incredible it's just the it live was just show something was off on the live show this live show just doesn't do anything for me just standing there and it's like a, another band that that is you know, they're good sound. Flesh God Apocalypse. It's just, just so much sound. It's like a wall of sound. Yeah. It's so hard to discern a difference between songs and because it's just a huge, massive sound. And that's why I think that um, uh, Enslaved is just... We talked about this with uh, with them, but their live show is just so kick-ass because it's just so simple. Yeah. It's just five dudes out there doing a a normal rock show just like talking to the crowd introducing songs and just kicking ass and not none, none of this pretentious horse shit no i know yeah and wolves in the throne room tried to like create a, an atmosphere by not engaging the crowd and like yeah. lighting incense and stuff which and just, i wasn't really into but just doesn't do it for then me. again mirkir did the same thing by like acting like a weirdo yeah so and that was awesome <laughs> it was awesome so it works i don't know maybe we're just old and you like the mirkir set it was okay. Yeah, I, I liked it for like the first like twenty minutes, probably. Yeah, th- that's that's something out there already. Yeah. Well, so. th- okay. Have you heard of Igor? Maybe Igor. It's like I G O R R R R R. They're playing at Heavy Wolves. We'll see them and uh, <laughs> at Heavy MTL, and they're like this like techno metal black metal ambient thing and there's it's just a drummer and a i think it's a dude i don't know i haven't seen the any videos of them but it's just like a drummer and a synth and someone screaming really <laughs> and it's so weird it's so weird but i'm i really want to see it just to see what this are they on the looks. first day or second day i don't know 
you don't you uh, whatever their their name is small print so it's oh, not, okay yeah it's one of the days but we'll see them if we're not too drunk well yeah some of us are only coming for one day but i'll be there for both yeah yeah hopefully drinking with the guys from yoam <laughs> weekend <laughs> yeah that's gonna be fun yeah i'm looking forward to that i don't know i got nothing else to say what do you want to talk about well what time are we at we're at 36 minutes we can spitball some more, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to move away from metal? Let's just talk about some other shit. Sure. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Guys, seriously, I'm not going to waste my time oh, if you don't... Oh, come uh, on. Tell us hey. to us that crap that you was going to say about that boring crap because we, uh... We wants to know that... Oh, my God. I was like, I'm going to celebrate my last night. So I went to fucking Taco Bell and spent like $14 on Taco Bell. <laughs> Why? It's so stupid. It's Why like, is oh, that a celebration? That's like a punishment. I know. It's such a stupid. You're punishing your asshole. And my, and my, and my body for, it's just so stupid. I'm like, I'm doing all this effort to like not eat like shit. And then I'm like, I my problem is I make this like ritual out of eating, right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this food. Yeah. I'm going to watch this show and everything has to be. Perfect. I do that too. I cut that out with. I still do it a little bit, but I cut that out a lot. I like I snack like a fucking motherfucker back in the day. Yeah, me too. Just constantly. Yeah, I, I can't watch TV without eating something. I can't like I can, watch a but show. like I like to have food when I watch something. I don't know what it is. And I don't. I like, always have when even when I was a little kid. And it's not like sweets. It's like I don't like I don't like sweets. I like. I like savory shit, so I'll like, I like, I'll, I, I used to make like a big salad, big meat stick. Yeah, <laughs> I just slobber on a big old meat stick, big or cock a, of pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, ooh, have you watched any of the new Trailer Park Boys? Are we putting? This yeah, in? we're still talking. Yeah, we're still talking. We we cut out that little middle part. And yeah, yeah, okay. I guess we don't need the headphones. Yeah, yeah, I, I have watched the. Trailer Park Boys. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. I, oh fuck! How did you do that? That's impressive. I'm like, dude, I crush TV shows. Yeah. I usually I'm, I'm five episodes in. It's pretty good. I like how it the, is good. It's much better than last year. I like how the way they've able to work Leahy's storyline in. The funniest, the fun. One of the funniest moments is when he's hanging the towel bar. That one, yeah, that's so funny. I was howling with laughter, dude. I watched that scene over like four times. Yeah. No, one of the funniest, it's small, but I don't know if anyone else thought it was like, I was howling when Randy and Leigh are talking about hiring George Green. Oh, I haven't got there yet. Okay. Don't, don't, don't spoil nothing. Okay. It's so funny. Don't, don't spoil nothing. Sorry. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> How many episodes are there? Eight? Ten. 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 Yeah, ten. Okay, I think eight or sense. ten, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, it's so funny. When Ricky's like, I'm just going to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But him, like, <laughs> renovating that pack. <laughs> and it's put two screws in and it's done. Nah. <laughs> Marguerite is one of the funniest new characters, dude. Just rips the whole <laughs> I'm going to go take a That's shit in a your run, that runs That joke runs for the whole, the whole season. I know. It's, it's so, so funny. funny. He's, um... Okay, maybe I'm an idiot. Have they ever mentioned Ricky's last name before this season? Uh, cause she's like, oh, I times. hate you, Ricky Lafleur, and I was like, what? Few, I think a few, few, like very few times. 
Because the only characters you know their full name is Jim Leahy and Barb Leahy and yeah, George Green. they always say Randy Leahy or, yeah. or Trevor Corey or yeah, Corey, Corey Trevor, Trevor or, or Bubbles or Trevor Leahy and Bubbles. Julian. You never know Julian's full name. No, you don't. <laughs> Julian has the security guard. Yeah. <laughs> when he's wearing, he's got this shirt on and the hat. And Ricky's like, oh, what job did you get, Ricky? <laughs> he's like, I'm a fucking cashier, Rick. What the fuck do you think? <laughs> oh, man, it's gold. Yeah, I love that show, man. I wonder, I hope they do. Did you notice the, who's got your belly? <laughs> when uh, Bubbles goes up to Mo. Motel, Ricky's son Motel, or Ricky's grandson Motel. <laughs> it's so funny. And he goes up to him and goes, who's got your belly? Like from the song. The song. Who's got your belly? The soundtrack to our yeah, man. Yeah, I wonder if like they're going to court and court. Like the timeline is all fucked up. Oh, yeah. Like where's Ricky's other son? What? Or I guess it's Randy's son. Where's Randy's baby? Oh yeah, and and um and Leahy's daughter. Yeah, she's just gone. Yeah, Leahy's daughter's gone because she got super famous. Really? That's Ellen Page. Oh yeah, she exploded. So that would be pretty fucking funny if they just brought her back, Ellen Page, one time. I don't know if she would do that. No, I don't think she would. She's all. She's like. She's all like. Called highbrow, now. highbrow, yeah. I'm an. Which I'm, is good. She's yeah. a great actor. Yeah, Juno was a good movie. I watched it. It was yeah. good. You never seen it before? Yeah. Like yeah, before recently? Uh, no, I I didn't watch it when it came out. Like it's when okay. Everyone was like, "It's okay." Oh my god! I, I, I that, who, who, the girl who wrote it is that Harmony Corinne? I can't one? remember. That's when I wasn't like into like directors and writers and and such. There's, feather, there's feathers all over the studio, thanks to you, Bilbo. I wonder what he got into. Did you tear apart a pillow, buddy? I heard him doing something. Yeah. That's the, what I was looking for. I was like, where the fuck is he? In the middle of the interview, I just hear Bilbo just like going ham on something. Hey, buddy? I don't even know where he was. What'd you chew apart? A pillow? Dum-dum? He's a genius. <laughs> all right. I think we can wrap it up there. Yeah. 45 minutes is good for me. Or that's like 40 minutes. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever listen to the, Holly, the podcast Hollywood Handbook? No. They're, I'm um, like really behind on podcasting. Oh, yeah. I'm like such a podcast addict, man. Like all the time, podcast, podcast. There's actually, okay, there's actually, um, there's a big issue right now in podcasts where um, uh, James Adomian, you know James Adomian? He had this big tweet storm yesterday about why don't podcasters pay their performers yeah and like it, the and guests it, yeah and it blew up last night on twitter and there's like certain guests that are like certain big podcasts like doughboys where like we give our guests like 50 to 100 bucks and we pay for their meal and, and or their babysitter or whatever and that's all that's all these guys want it's just like a hey you know here's 100 yeah. bucks for for you know your time and effort right but i think the this this tweet storm yesterday and everyone everyone's talking about it. It might change the we might have to start paying these bands fifty oh, bucks. No. <laughs> well, that's the end of the bludgeoning. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we're two cheap fucking <laughs> yeah. uh Scott I mean, and Mennonite, so Yeah. I'd gladly do it. Because they are. They're helping the you're helping us out. Well, I think what a lot of it is and a lot of these podcasts are performing, right? They're not they're they're doing a character for an hour, right? They're 
Well, you'd say, oh, it's exposure. It's like, okay, well. It was kind of billed as promo mostly, right? Yeah. I don't do like, do talk shows pay their guests? Yeah. They do? Talk shows guests get paid um, SAG, right? Oh yeah, because they're they, they have, in a union. Yeah, they have to get they have to get the SAG. We should start a podcast union. No, we shouldn't. No, we should we not. We should avoid a podcast. Union. <laughs> we are anti-union. <laughs> uh, SAG, like the I think the minimum is a thousand bucks for an appearance on TV. That's pretty good. So for someone like Johnny Depp, it's like well, it's us. like who gives a shit? Yeah. But on TV, it's like who gives a shit? But like some small time comedian that gets to do a five minute set on Conan, that's it's a huge that's exposure. A, that's dude. A, it's huge exposure and a thousand bucks, you know. Especially if they kill. Yeah, that's like, then it gets viral, right? Yeah, that's half your rent in LA for a month. <laughs> yeah, Can you imagine living in LA like two thousand bucks for like a one room apartment? I wouldn't do it. Be awful. First of all, it's impossible to like get there and actually be successful. Yeah, and people who like actually go to LA are either soup like to they they either got big balls or small brains. I think the better way of getting in now. Is indie films because indie films are really starting to take over. Like, well, it depends what you want to do. If you want to be an actor, or you want to be a comedian, or you want to be a writer, or like, there's, yeah, but uh, indie films have really taken off. Like, the uh, the out of Hollywood movies, but even those are funded by Hollywood people a lot of the time, right? Well, they're just distributed by, right? Yeah, a lot of them maybe they'll get funding, but they're not even close when it comes to like. Warner Brothers wanting to make a big tentpole movie, right? Of course, it's yeah. not even it's not even close to the same thing. Like Infinity War, yeah. Like That's... every Disney. Did you? Oh, speaking of, did you see the Solo trailer? Mm, yeah, I did. Yeah, it looks okay. I'm not into it. No, they have Troy from Community as Lando. Yeah, you didn't know that. No, Donald I haven't Glover. read into it. Like Donald Glover. <laughs> Man, I was listening to some old Donald Glover stand up. Is he good? <laughs> so he's got this thing. So he used to go by Don Glover. Uh, his name was Don Glover. That was like his like stand-up name. And then he has this joke where he's like, and then Twitter started. And I wanted to make a Twitter handle. So I put at Don Glover. And then I realized my Twitter handle was at Dong Lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What's the other Glover? Danny Glover? Glover? Danny Glover. Yeah. Like Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Oh, okay. I knew it was close. It's too old for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dang lover. <laughs> dang, no. Dang, yeah, dang lover. Dang lover. Yeah. Dang lover. That's like a Christian who <laughs> doesn't like swearing. Yeah. I'm a dang. I call myself a bit of a dang lover. <laughs> I haven't said dang for real in a long time. I don't know. Sometimes I might slip on and be like, oh, dang it. <laughs> that, that, that fucking horse guy. <laughs> yeah, the super. Con- I love how Trailer Park Boys have like inserted a whole plethora of swear words into our lives. Yeah, <laughs> fucking horse guy. <laughs> yeah, Ricky is a uh, master of of cursing. Yeah. You know that he he quit smoking in real life, so he doesn't smoke on the show anymore, eh? That's funny. That's why he because he just can't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I always wondered like those. Non-smokers who get a smoking character, if they're just like pissed because they have to start smoking. But they're not like usually they're fake cigarettes. But apparently, the, some of the fake cigarettes taste awful. Yeah, like they, they probably. You know what? As we move forward, we're pro- they're probably cutting out smoking from films, anyways. Yeah, because it's pointless. 
or or it's a bad guy, but the song's bad guy looks. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. Smoking always looks cool as hell. I don't think it does. It does, man. Like, it just makes you. It's gross. It is it's gross. gross I, I wish I wasn't a smoker. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I smoking is gross, and like when you see somebody smoking around, it's like, oh, uh, whatever. But in a movie, sometimes if it's like a guy like sitting in a room with like, it just looks cool, man. Like film noir. Yeah. 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 I get what you're saying, but I just, I don't know. I see cigarettes and I'm like, that's not cool. No, it's disgusting. Yeah. Did you grow up with smokers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So your house was always filled with smoke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. I didn't grow up with. I didn't have a sense of smell when I was a kid. Yeah, that's disgusting. I couldn't deal with that. People who smoke in their house. If you smoke in your house, you're disgusting. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or Or in your car. If your car with the windows up. Yeah. I smoke in the car, but I have my windows down. If you buy a car from a smoker, it takes like a year to get that shit out. Oh, man. I wish I didn't smoke. I've been doing so good, and then I started again. and It's the hardest thing to do. I'm trying to lose weight and stop smoking at the same time. It's like fucking brutal. I remember when you started smoking again. It was recently, wasn't it? Um... When we, after we started the bludgeoning, right? No, no, it was before that. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, it's been off and on for the last, like, three or four years. I'll go off for just two stop. months. Just stop. Oh, it's that easy, eh? Yeah, just stop. Okay, I'll do it. That's what I did. Yeah. I hated it anyways. It was so much easier to stop smoking weed, I tell you. Yeah, all right. Well, that's it for another episode of the bludgeoning. I think we actually did stretch to about an hour. Look at us. So. Look at us. Stretching it out. Stretching it out. <laughs> Too tired fat. night. I'll sh- trim the fat. But it'll be like <laughs> You're working on trimming the fat, I eh? I am working on trimming eh? the fat. Oh, well, you need to trim the fat too, eh? Yeah, I'll go for a run today, I think. Well, <clears throat> say goodbye to the camera, Bilbo. That's- Bye from the bludgeoning. Bye. All right, yeah, that's it. See you next week. Oh, fuck Kevin Oh, yeah, Smith. we gotta... No, we gotta do our outro. God damn it. We gotta say what... The shit. What shit? Like, watch the bludgeoning. Oh, yeah. Right, well, listen to the bludgeoning Saturdays, 9 to midnight, every Saturday night on 101.5, the, 101.5thehawk.ca, or 101.5thehawk if you happen to live in Hamilton, yeah. which I doubt. It'd be, like, your friends. Yeah, if you're yeah. a friend of mine, listen to it on 101.5. Or if by some miracle you've actually been redirected to this podcast from listening to the radio, to the radio show. What a weird debut. Oh, no, it could problem. happen, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I met a... There was a dude in New York who's listening to the podcast, probably. Oh, yeah. So, and he was from Canada, which was the weirdest thing. Yeah. So it, it happens. Weird things happen. Follow us on Twitter. On Twitter at the Bludgeoning Pod and on Facebook at the Bludgeoning Pod. Yeah, and uh and check us out on the new website, thebludgeoning.com. Yeah, thebludgeoning.com. Jason over here has put a ton of work into that thing. It looks fucking awesome. We gotta start handing out uh stickers and like yeah. cards that shows so people actually see it. Yeah. Yeah, go to thebludgeoning.com. All our links are up there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel. Fuck you, Kevin Smith. See you later. Bye.